time for the Retirement Roadmap Podcast with registered financial consultant, Glenn Mosseller. Do you have questions about housing and retirement? Well, listen to today's show because we're going to cover lots of different important things as it relates to some common housing questions from retirees during their retirement years or as they approach retirement. Walter Storholt here with you alongside Glenn Mosseller, registered financial consultant and the founder and president of Roadmap Financial Consulting. No matter where you are, you can meet with Glenn virtually by going to RoadmapFinancial.com and click on Free Consultation. Or if you're in the Greensboro, North Carolina area, you can come in, say hello anytime. Uh, We have a great show on the way. Glenn, are you ready to rock and roll and talk some housing this week? Yes, sir, Walter. Let's do that. Certainly a hot-button topic as of late with housing prices having skyrocketed the last couple of years and markets all across the country and people wondering, will it last? Will it come back down to earth? Will it stabilize? Or is it just going to keep going up and up and up? And uh, we will see how all of that turns out. But even before the latest boom, housing has always been a really important topic for retirees because I guess for many of us, Glenn, it's going to be the biggest asset we'll ever own or manage. And so we want to get that part of our financial equation correct so that, uh, you know, it's really no surprise that it takes up a big slice of the retirement planning conversation. And so on today's episode, like I said, we're going to cover some common housing questions from retirees and hopefully hit on an issue that might even be on your mind as you listen to the show today. Before we dive into the specific questions, Glenn, um, am I right in mentioning all of those uh, little things in the intro there that it takes up a nice slice of retirement planning and, and that conversation and obviously sort of the biggest asset that people will, will own in their lives? Well, I think so. Mostly, Walter. Now, now, whether it's their biggest asset or not, that you know, that depends on certain situations. I mean, oftentimes folks have have retirement accounts that are you know that are larger than the value of their of their homes and and those kinds of things. But but in terms of you know just uh, you know outside of that you know or you know or a lot of times even if you're looking on the inside of you know, somebody's you know retirement accounts or those kinds of accounts that are that are there for investments or, or retirement planning or whatnot, you know they they you know depending on the scenario. They may not have quite that much all in one particular asset that's inside of that particular account, but I think I'm just kind of maybe diving a little too deep in the weeds. But certainly, it's it's significant, and you want to be thinking about, you know, are you are you doing the right thing, and are you managing that 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 home equity, you know, is the best way you can to serve you the best and be most efficient as you, as you as you go through your retirement years. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I think that's a good distinction and and good to bring that up, Glenn. Uh, So with that in mind, let's hop into some of these common questions. I know you get this one from time to time. Uh, With interest rates so low, and granted, they've ticked up a little bit, but I imagine a lot of people who have been in a home have refinanced, you know, back maybe in the threes. There may be even some twos out there in terms of mortgage rates uh, that folks will be able to hold on to for a while, Glenn. So people will wonder, even if they're getting a new home now, still, again, relatively low rates, uh, should I try to pay off the house quickly or just pay as little as possible? Or perhaps I'm making assumptions, Glenn. Maybe the advice has changed. If somebody's recently purchased a home with some higher rates, maybe your advice is different. Uh, what, What do you think about that question? Well, Walter, I mean, it, it, you know, I mean, you're, you're going to be stunned and amazed that my answer here is is that it depends, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is this become. I mean, it, it's really, really specific to one, you know, to everybody's particular situation, right? I mean, as far as as far as paying off the house, I mean, most people, most people, I, when I ask that question, you know, it's just like, you know, well, where are you? You know, it's like we're we're doing discovery and we're kind of figuring out, you know, do, do folks still have a mortgage in place? 
if they paid their house off, you know, and if they still have a mortgage, you know, well, what are their plans, right? I mean, how much, how much longer do they have left on the mortgage, you know, and, and um, are they planning to stay in that home for the rest of their lives or for, you know, for, you know, what is their current plan as to how long they might stay? You know, those, those are the kind of things that I think go more into play in terms about, whether or not you're going to try to pay off the house or not, you know, I mean, mo- most people just are wanting to figure out how can I, how can I reduce or eliminate that, that, that principal and interest payment. Right. Um, you know, cause I've never asked anybody, but you know, when I, whenever somebody says, Oh, well, I want to get my house paid off, I'll ask them, well, wh- well, why is that? And, you know, and, and I don't think I've ever heard any other answer other than I, I I'm sick and tired of having this house payment. Right. I've never once had somebody tell me, Oh, I want to have more equity. Right. I mean, it's, you know, the, the idea is, is that, you know, they, they don't like having that monthly expense that's, that's going out the door to, you know, to have to service that, you know, that principal and interest payment. They realize they're going to have the taxes and insurance and the maintenance and those kinds of things. Those things never really go away, you know, as far as, as far as if you, as long as you own a home. Right. But the, but the principal and interest payment are the, are the things that are there. And, you know, and, and you, in putting that into context, the principal payment is actually your own money. You're transferring that money from, you know, from your checking account or your bank account into your home equity. Right. But that's your, that's the principal amount. So the really, the only ex- true expense there is, is the, is the is the interest, so to speak. Now, the liquidity question about you know how liquid is that is that principal is you know that's another conversation as to you know what makes sense to do what and and, and you know and how and that kind of thing. But you know you have to really think it all the way through. And oftentimes, when particularly when folks are you know are approaching retirement or already in retirement, if they do have a mortgage, you know at this at that point, more often than not they are in the you know way later years of that mortgage and and very often times then if you look at the breakdown of that principal and interest payment you say you know well how much of that payment is principal and how much of its interest very often times it's a very small amount or, or you know proportionally of that payment that's really going to interest and then you and then you like kind of look at it as like okay well does it make sense to take money out of another account that's either growing or you know or at least has the potential to grow or giving you extra liquidity in case you know there's an emergency or something that that's there does it make sense to take money out of that type of an account you know to you know to put it somewhere that you know you may not be paying that much interest you might not really have that big of an expense and so it's a it's not a one size fits all but there's the, those are some of the questions and some of the conversations that we would go through to kind of to help determine you know what's going to be right for you know for a couple or an individual Great points, Glenn, and you can see why that one certainly depends. Now, you get the question, I'm sure, from a lot of folks as they approach retirement, you know, is it wise to downsize to a smaller home in retirement? That certainly seems to kind of have been the assumption for many years, that that's what people just sort of do in retirement. Um, How does your conversation with folks usually go when they ask a question like that? Well, I mean, most of the time, it's it's more of a, what do you want? (laughs) What do you want as far as your living arrangements? And how, you know what? What you know? Do you what? Do you want to? Do you want to live in a house that that the, you're, this, the house that you're in? You know how long do you think you're going to be there? If you were to move, where would you move to? Would you be wanting to move to? You know something that is you know is is potentially smaller you know or is you know thinking more condo or townhouse or just a you know if, if you're in a you know four or five bedroom house you know are you thinking more of you know the idea of you know maybe maybe three bedroom you know what are what are what are your thoughts around what you know what you're you know what are you really wanting to have 
you know, be your, your, you know, your living arrangements. I, I, I think it's, you know, it, it, there's, there are some financial considerations there, particularly if there's, if there's a, if there's a mortgage and whatnot, but I think it's more important that folks are comfortable and happy in the house that they're in, in the retirement years, because that, that's, I mean, let's face it. I mean, you, you, you know, you, you, you worked all these years to get to retirement and, you know, I mean, you, you want to enjoy your retirement years and, and that means your day to day life has got to be enjoyable. So you really want to kind of be in the house that you want to be in. And that might be a little smaller. It might be a little larger. It might be in a different location. But let's kind of talk about that more, more so than whether or not, you know, downsizing is a smart idea. I mean, if your, if your finances are kind of tight, then that might be a, it might be a, a, a larger question. But for the, the vast majority of people, it's, it's more of, let's talk about, you know, your enjoyment and retirement and where do you want to live? Yeah, sometimes these things aren't necessarily a financial question. It might be more on that emotional or just desire side of things that you've got to figure out. So, yeah, when it comes to downsizing, you know, is that something that you really need or want? And then uh, that will help. You know, I guess that helps dictate the plan for you, right, Glenn? So if somebody's like, yeah, I really want to downsize, and that helps you incorporate the financial plan to say, all right, well, we may have less home expenses to work into the plan. And I can see how that would be very helpful just to have an answer to that question for the planning process. Not that the planning process really hinges on the question, but it helps direct maybe where certain dollars can go. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, uh, no, I, I mean, I, I think that's right, Walter. I mean, yeah. it really, it, it's just, you know, you know, again, it's like, what do you, what do you, what do you really want? Well, you know, how, how do you want to live your day to day life? And, and, um, and let's figure out how to put that in place. And then, and then we can, and then we can make the determination as to, you know, the, the, you know, the dollars and cents. It's, it's like one of those things that's, it's really important. I mean, it's, you know, your, your, your life and your happiness is, you know, I mean, the, the dollars and cents matter, but there are other things that matter too if that makes sense, Walter. It certainly does. Absolutely. Well, Glenn, with the, those rising home prices that we had talked about at the beginning of the show, there's a lot of people with a lot of equity out there in their homes. And so I'm sure you're getting more questions about people wanting to maybe tap into some home equity. Uh, is that a good place to borrow money from for you know major purchases in the home, like maybe an upgrade to the kitchen or maybe to get a new car or to handle some maybe sizable medical bills that they've folks may have encountered is home equity a good place to tap into those funds again, it depends Walter I mean it can be for sure right I mean I mean particularly you know like I'll have folks you know the the you know that are in retirement right and the you know the vast majority of their money is is in retirement accounts and you know and then and, 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 and oftentimes you know, they, they have a lot of money in, in pre-tax dollars. And, and so if they, if they were going to take a big withdrawal out to, you know, to buy, you know, cause a lot of times folks want to buy, you know, buy the, you know, those, you know, like their, their car or whatever, they want to pay cash for it. Right. And that's a whole nother conversation as to whether or not that's a good idea and whatnot. Sometimes yes, sometimes no, depends upon what the money could be doing instead. But, but ultimately you got to really ask the question when you start drawing a large chunk uh, of money out of, you know, out of like a retirement account, and that's going to be subject to taxation. You have to start start asking yourself, well, well, what tax bracket are you in? And well, if you take that much out in any given one year, is that going to is that going to create a scenario where it's going to push you into another tax bracket? And so then you say it's like, well, how much how much did it cost you to pay cash? 
versus if you would have, you know, would have created, you know, created a, you know, a, a way of, of, of doing it in, in payments, whether you use a finance company or you use your home equity or your, how you draw that out. I mean, ultimately it's, it's about the, you know, what is, what is the total expense, right? And, you know, and, and what, you know, when, what else could you be doing with those dollars? It becomes a, a really, really, you know, individualized, you know, determination as to what you do and, and, you know, and how you do it. But certainly, you know, I think it's, you know, it's, it's not a bad idea at all to, to at least, you know, if you have, if you have a sizable equity position in your house to, you know, to have a, to have a line of credit that you can, that you can tap into. And it, that's not to say that you're going to always do that, but it's, you know, if, if, if it's sitting there in place and you have the ability to, you know, to, to reach, you know, reach in there or to tap it for, you know, for, you know, for maybe a, you know, for a bridge of, of time or something like that, you know, I always take a look at it and say, you know, more choices are better than less choices, right? And if you have, if you have a, a, an equity line in place, then, you know, you're giving yourself an element of choice that others that don't have that just simply don't have. And, and so then you're, then you can, then you can evaluate, well, does it make sense for me to use this? If so, how, you know, should I, should I use it and then just make payments back to there? Should I, you know, should I make some withdrawals over time from another account? And, you know, again, it, it gets into a you know, specific plan for you. But again, it just the, the idea of having choices there and having access to access to more capital that is yours, you know, is is is, I think, always a good thing. And it's certainly always, always good to have options. Good to have options. No doubt about that. All right. We're talking about common housing questions from retirees. If you have a housing question or anything about retirement for Glenn, you can give him a call at 336-291. 3535 or go to roadmapfinancial.com and look for the free consultation button to schedule a time to visit and have a conversation about your plan. Uh, Here's another good question, Glenn, from a lot of folks might say, you know, should I sign my house over to my kids so that they can't force the sale of it down the road in order to pay for nursing home costs if I end up needing care? Hmm, crafty question. I'm. I think this one uh, might set off some alarm bells, though. Yeah, and no, it certainly can, Walter. I've seen folks that you know come in the office, and that's that's something that's that has already happened, right? And so you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's, it's like you know, sometimes you can't, you know, you can't undo something, right? And so you, some folks might say, well, why would I want to undo that? And you know, and and so again, it depends. You know, it, it you know some of it some of it's going to come into play when you're talking about you know planning for nursing home costs, and you know, and sometimes possibly you know um, estate planning. Um, there can be Medicaid planning. You could have some you could have some you know planning there with an elder law attorney that might make some degree of sense. But you know it, and you know, and and so the, those are some of those questions are going to go there depending upon how you want to handle that, right? So, but I, the thing that you've got to be very careful about in terms of signing over your house, right? Because you're transferring what would be considered a capital asset, right? And so, you know, when when you do that, in essence, there is there is always what's you know what the you know what's called a you know what's called a uh, basis, right? In terms of you know what did you what did you pay for what did you pay for this you know asset, and now and what is it worth today? 
right now in terms of your you know your primary residence you know any any type of you know any type of thought about taxation and whatnot will certainly be in the realm of capital gains but normally in your for your for your personal residence that normally doesn't come into play except under you know pretty rare circumstances you know because it's because it's your personal residence and that's something that's carved out you know with specific rules within the tax code but it, it, it's pretty it's pretty liberal and and most people you know when they're when they're dealing with their own pri- you know primary residence they they don't normally have to face anything to do, to do with the capital gains tax. However, if they are if they are transferring the ownership to you know to a child while they're still alive, well, then they are also you know transferring what would that that basis right to to also to the child. So in other words, the you know the the child would then now have that same basis or their portion thereof if you know if, if they if they were getting you know gifted part of the house at the price in which the the house was was purchased right and so in that scenario if then subsequently you know you you passed away and your adult children you know are now owning this house well they now they now own the, you know, own either all or part of that house at a very you know at a, at a, at a basis in which you originally purchased the house and if they sell it for something more now we have what's called a gain or a capital gain and you want to you know, obviously check with your you know your your your, your tax preparer and you know and, and you know and, and that type of thing to see exactly how those implications come out but that can be problematic because it's like now suddenly you've got you've got taxes on something that had it transferred at at death well then now what we would have is what's called a stepped up basis and now that gain is not really there to have to worry about taxation so that again that that's that's not to say that there's never a situation you want to do this or that i'm just saying that there are things to be co- you know cognizant of be aware of talk to you know talk to your you know your financial your legal and your and your tax professionals you know, before you do something of that magnitude of transferring that asset, because it might have significant uh, unintended consequences. We've actually seen that happen with folks that have come into the office and said, okay, well, here's this thing, you know, I, I you, know, you know, folks, you know, transferred the, you know, the house to, you know, to me, you know, five years ago. And, and it's like, so, okay, well, you know, this, these are, these are going to, these are going to likely be some of the implications that you're going to have to face because of the way that was done. And so it's just, again, it's like, I can't ring the bell loud enough to say, make sure you check in, you know, with, you know, not only your financial advisor, but, you know, even more specifically, your, you know, your tax, your tax advisor and, you know, and any, any estate planning attorney that you might be using is to find out exactly what you, what are, what are you doing if you do that? Yeah, that is a uh, a big one. I'm glad that you spent some time on that one, Glenn, because it's one of those things we want to get right because big implications if we don't uh, and some irreversible things it sounds like there too are just really messy if we uh, make some wrong steps there. So gaming the system, um, I love the spirit out of most folks who are uh, you know always looking for a way to do that, right, Glenn? How can we pay the least amount in taxes sure. legally possible? But uh, gotta got to make sure that we don't run afoul of any rules and issues there. So that's a big one. Uh, what right. complications, if any, Glenn, as we talk about these common housing questions from retirees, could the house create when it comes to my estate plan? Right. Well, I mean, that we were largely just talking about that as, as, as we, you know, when we were when we were walking through that. 
And the thing about, you know, when you're looking at estate planning and, you know, and, and, and whatnot, a lot of times one of the things that comes into play is, you know, is, is the, you know, is there or are you in a scenario where there, there is long-term care expenses or are there going to be long-term care expenses? And, you know, how would the house or the equity in the house play into that? You know, do you have, you know, is, 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 is you have a, is, is there a, mar- a married couple here? with one person going in, you know, needing nursing home care and the other one not and, you know, staying in the house. There are a lot of different scenarios there. And again, that's that's one of the I, I, I fall back to a lot of what I was just saying in the in the in the previous example in terms of transferring the, the home ownership. You know, you there, there are there are a number of potential implications there and and complications that you want to explore and and know what you're saying yes or no to by you know by getting yourself educated and working with professionals on the legal side and the tax side and the financial side and make sure that they're all on the same page and that 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 what you, whatever you're planning to do makes the most sense and you're actually you know accomplishing what you're what you're wanting to accomplish rather than saying oh well if i just do this then 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 they'll the, then the kids will get this then and that I mean, maybe, maybe not. You have to just make sure that you're not crossing over any lines when it comes to the tax code and so forth. All right. Last but not least, Glenn, as we covered these common housing questions from retirees, here's a sixth one. Are reverse mortgages a bad idea? Certainly a lot of marketing targeted to retirees when it comes to reverse mortgages. How often do you have conversations about that with your clients? Actually, I, I mean, we have that we have the conversation, you know, you know, fair amount, Walter, because we're talking about, you know, folks, you know, entire financial plan, right? And, you know, and, and their financial plan includes their home. What are, what are going to be their living arrangements? Are they going to stay there? You know, is the house paid off? Do they, they want to have it paid off or do they want to just not have the payment any longer? And, you know, and so the reverse mortgage comes into play because it's a mortgage and, and, you know, and it has to do with what your, you know, what possibilities and choices you have in regards to your house. And so there, you know, the question was, is that, is it a bad idea? Well, you know, I look at it, it's, it's a tool in the toolbox, right? A reverse mortgage, just like a regular mortgage or a retirement account. There, it's, there are, there are all these different things that are out there in the financial services industry that are simply tools in the toolbox. And it can be a bad idea if it's, if it's used, you know, improperly or if you don't fully understand the implications of, of, of what, of what's there and what the rules are and your, and your time horizon and those kinds of things. It can, it can also be a really good idea. It, it it really depends. And, you know, so it, it, you know, it has the ability in certain cases to have folks no longer have to make a mortgage payment. Right. It makes it creates another situation for folks who, you know, if they have a lot of equity or maybe their house is free and clear, it possibly gives them a, a you know, place to tap into 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 funds that that are not going to be subject to taxation. And there may be reasons to consider doing that. Right. It's it, it's it's like I say, it's it's simply a, a tool in the toolbox. So you got to be really careful when you're looking at things, you know, and basically in life. But 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 what we're where we're focused now in, in terms of the financial services industry, you know, the, the, you know, almost everything that's out there was created for a reason and a purpose. Right. And that may that means that there is a place for it. 
right? The question is, is does it fit into your particular situation to, to bring you more advantages than disadvantages? Every fa- single financial product out there has advantages and disadvantages, and you have to weigh the pros and the cons. And a reverse mortgage is no different than, than anything else out there in that regard. It's, it's something that, that has, it has, it has, you know, it has pros and it has cons and, and you have to just kind of look at your situation and make sure you're understanding what you're saying yes or what you're saying no to. Oftentimes folks, you know, have preconceived notions about what something is, you know, whether it's a reverse mortgage or, or other things that are out there. And sometimes they're, they're making decisions, you know, based upon an idea of what they thought something was, which may or may not be, you know, true, or maybe it's, maybe it's only partially true. You know, it's like, a, you know, a half truth can be, you know, could be, you know, there could be facts that are there, but if the whole, if the whole truth is not there, then you may be missing out on and understanding exactly what, you know, what's there. And all I'm suggesting to folks is, is that don't just automatically say, oh, well, that's a bad thing. I would never do that. You know, and, and if somebody suggests that to you, then you might want to take a step back and say, huh, well, wait a minute. Well, I mean, what do they have an ax to grind as to, as to why they're telling me that that's all always bad because it's is typically it's a depends answer right it depends upon a lot of different scenarios as to whether or not it's a good idea or a bad idea and that good or bad idea really is contextual to what your situation is more so than it is an absolute lots of different moving parts and uh, boy look at that a whole chock full of good stuff podcast all about housing questions again no wonder it's a big slice of the retirement planning conversation and uh, that is why we wanted to make sure we address it and uh, bring you a whole episode on it today so if you've got any additional questions as it relates to your home how it fits into your future financially especially uh, give Glenn a call 336-291-3535 and that goes for any questions that you have about retirement financial planning and being prepared for the future. Glenn will sit down with you, go over your plan, and make sure that you have a good situation on your hands moving forward. It's all part of a free consultation, and you can schedule that free consultation as well online by going to RoadmapFinancial.com and click the button at the bottom of the page that says free consultation. It's that easy. RoadmapFinancial.com or call that number 336-291-3535. Glenn, thank you for the help, and we'll talk to you again next week right back here on the Retirement Roadmap. All right, Walter. Take care. 